Yeah, so, uh, so the other week, I was, uh, like, shopping around the toy aisle, I found some Star Wars Black Series, which is, it's like the six-inch, you know, like the detailed, articulated Star Wars figures. Um, uh, yeah, I was looking at those. Um, they had an R2-D2, and I realized, so, like, I, I, I mean, I've got a few that aren't on this shelf. I have a shelf at home that is, like, all my favorite ones, um, and it's mostly... Like Jabba's Palace stuff and Sith and Mandalorians, um, and I realized I didn't have an R two D two. I've got a C three PO there. He's standing behind Jabba like he's supposed to. Um, didn't have an R two, so so I bought this R two. Um, also bought they had Pre Vizsla, who it's like, yeah, you know I I don't buy every Mandalorian because especially after the Mandalorian TV show came out, there's so fucking many of these guys now. I don't need Axe Woves. Like, who, who gives a fuck about that, that guy? He's, he's just like a background character from season two. Um, I didn't even know who that was. He is like one of Bo Katan's like uh, hype men. You know how she's got the Cusca <laughs> Reeves and Axe Woves are like the two guys or a guy and a girl who are like following her around. Um, also, I didn't names. have a, I didn't have a Bo Katan either, but then I. Ended up finding the at Target. They had like this hologram one, which you know it saves them money. They're printing the same figure, but it's all in clear plastic. But also, it looks really cool because it's all in clear plastic. Um, mm. The previsla, it's like his season three version. So it, I would have preferred season two, but the season three one, you know, he's still he's got the dark saber. So I thought that was cool. So right now he's standing at the back of the the shelf, but he's holding his dark saber up because that's the important part. Um, R2 is in front of 3PO. But, yeah, so after I got the R2, I was looking at the characters and I realized, it's like, okay, I have a bunch of Leias because, of course, I'm going to have Metal Bikini Leia um, and also Bush Leia. And I, like, I don't have a Han or a Luke, which is weird because those are, like, that's like the main trio... Of the original movies. Who's she gonna kiss? Well, and so then I realized I do have a Han Solo. He's in Carbonite. But I, I do have a Han Solo in Carbonite. But I didn't have a Luke. Um, and I did, you know, for like a week I was wondering if I... Because I, I, something in the back of my mind told me, like, you do have a Luke. You have old man Luke from Last Jedi. And he's in the box in the basement with most of uh, your um, sequel trilogy characters. And I confirmed he is, he's, he is down there. I, I discovered him. Uh, but for like a week, I'm like, I should go check and see if I do have Old Man Luke. I don't know. Um, but I ended up, while I was at Target, finding um, Mandalorian Luke, who's, you know, the black tunic. Like He basically looks like Return of the Jedi. Um, he's got the green lightsaber. He's wearing black. So... Yeah, so I finally have a Luke, even though I, I stuck him toward the back, because I still don't find him that interesting. He's just kind of the boring white blonde boy who's, you know, the audience surrogate, I guess. I, I don't know. I've never found Luke that interesting, but just for completion's sake, I felt like he had to be there. <laughs> like, I think, yeah, and then, so then I realized, after I got, you know, this... You know, I've got I've got my Luke, I've got my Han, I got Leia, I've got Lando. You know, because I've got Lando in his uh, 
you know, Jabba, you know, guard outfit disguise. Um, nice. I've got, yeah, 3PO, an R2, and Bib Fortuna, and a Gamorrean guard, and I don't have a Chewbacca. But I also don't really want a Chewbacca, because I don't really, I've never really liked Chewbacca either. Uh, and even if I got, uh, like, I could really, I could get any Chewbacca, and it would basically be the return of the Jedi, quote-unquote, Chewbacca, because he doesn't change his fucking outfit. <laughs> he just wears a bandolier all the time. Like, unless it's Chewbacca in armor from Revenge of the Sith, it's... I think even in Revenge of the Sith, he still just wears the Chewbacca outfit. He never dresses up. Get the Rise of Skywalker uh, Chewbacca, where he's he's just in pieces. It turns out it's not really him. Mm. Or, or, I don't know, like the solo Chewbacca, and he's just covered in mud. Because he's in a <laughs> mud pit. And even then, he'd probably still God. look the same. He'd just be a little grayer instead of browner. That's racist. Yeah. Well, Wookiees come at me. <laughs> Fucking walking carpet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, that <laughs> that uh that one was racist. Mm. Uh, but it's against a race that doesn't actually exist. So I think mm, I'm yeah, gonna... the the furry dog men uh, from Planet Kashyyyk. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I see. I don't even know that much about Star Wars, but I feel like I I know too much about Star Wars. Yeah, I don't know. I it just it it struck me as strange. So it's like, well, I have this whole display of Star Wars characters, and I don't have, you know, like the original trilogy classic trio. You know, I didn't have like that. You know, I've got two Darth Vaders here. I've got an Episode Four one and an Episode Six one with a removable helmet, so you can see his head underneath. Um, no. But I didn't have a Luke Skywalker. You know, I've got an Emperor Palpatine. I've got uh, the the red royal guards. I've got you know Grand Admiral Thrawn. Like yeah, and I mean I don't have all you know the prequel trilogy. I don't have Anakin or Obi Wan or um, Padme, which is fine. You know I I like the movies well enough, but not enough that I feel like I need to collect stuff from them. But where I have so much original trilogy character i don't know it, it was just it's a weird realization i came to in the last couple weeks that has now been <laughs> mostly resolved except for chewbacca so probably sometime in like six months i will see a chewbacca and go well i guess i should get that too that that's kind of like how i didn't own ace combat zero until like five years ago mm. like i played it before but i just didn't own it yeah um, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that's the cold open. Most of this episode is going to be us talking about Disney movies, because yeah. uh, you know, I mean, I've watched more Doctor Who. I don't think I have any like you know interesting thoughts about it, um, especially where you haven't seen it, and there'd be too much context to have to provide. Yeah, I Doctor Who is one of those things that I I decided. That I'm, I'm just never going to watch. Yeah, because, you're not really missing anything. Yeah. Like, it, it's it's one of those things... It's one of those properties where if you get something wrong, you'll have some fucking nerd screaming down your neck about it. Mm. 
Um, yeah, I mean, know. and it, it's like goofy, cheap sci-fi, but I guess that yeah. you know that's the same thing for Star Wars. So I, I can't really say anything bad about the Whovians and you know, you know them like I can fuck them having like <laughs> you know specifically you know like, the, I don't know it. Watching the show, it feels like they just make shit up on the fly all the time. For like, why does this work? You know, why why can you time travel this time, but you can't time travel this other time, and and like the explanation's always different because it doesn't matter. But um, you know, people who follow the lore and try to make sense of it, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I I get it as a nerd for different things, but as someone who's not a nerd for Doctor Who's just watching it to understand what these pictures on these magic cards are all about. Um, some, uh, I don't know, I, I tend to like the episodes that are more like, uh, almost like a Star Trek, like, this is just like a one-off, here's a cool sci-fi idea, and we're gonna play it out, kind of things. Yeah. Um, the ones where they don't try to convince me the Doctor is the baddest badass in the universe, even as he's wearing his goofy <laughs> little bow tie. No, no one with a British accent is uh, ever going to be the baddest badass in the universe. I'm mm, sorry. Not even Jason Statham. Even no, mm. not even James Bond. Like he's he's mm. too goofy. Mm. You you can't just constantly make puns and be considered a badass. I'm sorry. Mm. Like I look look I love puns. Mm. I obviously do, but I'm also not a badass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I will, I will try to convince no one. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, because like I watched more of that. I started watching Sandman. It's really good, but um, I'm only like five episodes in. Mostly, I am pleased that um, the, the this is like one part of the first volume because I knew this was like adapting. I guess this is adapting like the first two volumes of the comic. And I own mm -hmm. the first volume, and I've, so that's the one I've read the most times. But there's, like, one part of that story that I just really hated. And they, they actually found a way to make it work, which was cool. Um, it's the whole thing. Yeah, I don't... The, I don't hmm? Sandman is a thing I know only from reputation. Yeah. That it's, like, the, the best thing ever. Um, it, it's that I Neil don't Gaiman. Know anything about. So if you've read, like, any Neil Gaiman stuff, it's that kind of, yeah. like... Yeah, just a lot of like you know, kind of weird ideas blending like classical mythology with just you know some like fun trippy stuff. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I mean, I feel, I feel like every new game and thing like there's somebody out there willing to tell you it's the the best thing ever written. So yeah, um, yeah, it's like slightly right. less pretentious Alan Moore. <laughs> you're not wrong but only slightly uh, also but, alan moore oh wrote God. a spawn comic once and it's it's pretty good uh, aside from the movie i know nothing about spawn yeah. now alan moore did a one-off spawn comic about a guy traveling through all the layers of hell that sounds cool yeah uh, but yeah, so Sandman, I mean, it, it's good, It it's not super fun, but that's, you know, the whole yeah. thing, it's, you know, just kind of brooding, but you know, not, 
it's kind of grim, but not totally grim. I don't know. It's it's interesting. It's it's a you know like fantasy sci-fi drama kind of thing, like modern fantasy drama. It so what you're saying is it has stakes, but it doesn't make you want to kill yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like um, so. I'm interested to see where this is going next. You know, it's not. It's not fun, but it's yeah. It's not like a full Game of Thrones depressing. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm tired of things where like the selling point is that characters die. Yeah, it's like that's not. It was it was fun in like 2010 when TV just didn't do it, but now it's not a thing anymore. Like it's not a, a new thing that you can sell a show on anymore. Yeah, so. yeah. No, it's just you know the the basic premise. Uh, Dream, aka the Sandman, aka Morpheus. Uh, he is part of a group called the Endless, who are you know these like uh, entities that are like above gods. Uh, he he commands like the world of dreaming, but he gets captured and imprisoned for a hundred years and has like his magic items taken away. And his realm has fallen apart in in the time he's been gone. So he's like traveling around, like trying to fix it and having to like make deals with other entities and stuff, and just having like all, all kinds of like bizarre encounters with uh, you know creatures and and things. Yeah. See, that sounds more fun than what it actually is. I'm sure. Mm. Yeah. I mean. Uh, it, it varies episode to episode, like, especially, I think, with, like, the comic, it's been a while since I read stuff outside of the first volume, but as the comic goes on, it became, like, since this is set in a world of dreams, we can kind of just do whatever we, you know, we can just break off and do a story about something completely unrelated, because why not? Yeah. Makes sense. Mm. Um... Yep. Yeah, yeah, so I started watching that. Not much to report outside of that because you know I just started. Um, you had a game thing. Also, we watched a lot of Disney movies and a certain yeah. Hanukkah special. <laughs> I completely, <laughs> completely forgot about that. Honestly, mm. um, that's a technical. Let, let's foul. just start with. Let, let's just start with eight crazy nights. Yeah. Uh, like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you know, it's it. It feels like Adam Sandler just really wanted to do a special in the style of those like cheap Christmas specials that get played every year, but do it about Hanukkah. Yeah. But also, it is an Adam Sandler movie, so it's about a guy who's an asshole and just a lot of like shit jokes everywhere. Yeah, like it, it's I. So the the way this went down is somebody mentioned something about Eight Crazy Nights um, in the media box, and uh, I said that I don't think that movie's good, but I do like it. Um, and, and then <laughs> I've never seen it, and was but like, I have. Hey, yeah, let's watch it. Yeah, I've never seen it. I, I've seen the nostalgia critic review of it, and that's all the context I had. So then I said, yeah. like, well, Brent sort of likes this. Let's just watch it. And then I can say that I've seen it. Yeah. Um, 
I I'm sorry. <laughs> I it it was whatever. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's interesting to have seen it. You know, I wasn't offended by any of it. It's just like, yeah, okay. Uh, Adam Sandler plays a yeah. dick, and uh, I mean that that's just kind of how a lot of you know the Happy Madison stuff goes. It's like I'm gonna play an asshole, yeah. but you're gonna find me endearing because this is the early 2000s, and that's how we rolled. Yeah, like early 2000s, Adam Sandler is very. Like that's just kind of how a lot mm. of comedies from, you know, that yeah, time, you know, the whole two thousands era, even maybe the nineties, is yeah, you know, just late, like late comedies 90s. about like snarky assholes, uh, yeah, yeah. just all things. It, like it, most Vince Vaughn movies are that. Yeah, it's Gen X, Gen X comedy. Yeah, um, like I, and I, I think that's where a lot of the gross out humor comes into. Mm. Um, yeah, it's like everybody's you know. just bullying this little 70-year-old man with a squeaky voice, and he's yeah. the nicest guy ever, and then they all realize, oh, he is the nicest guy ever, we should have been nice to him. And that's the movie. Yeah. Um, also, it's a musical. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I mean, Adam Sandler's actually a, a, a pretty good singer. Yeah. Like, not, you know, not fantastic, but... And the animation um, is honestly, it's really good. Yeah. You know, like it, it's going for a cheap look, but it's really good at going for that cheap look. Yeah. It's mostly it, just like the flatness of the colors that makes it look cheap. Cause otherwise like the, the details and like the, the character designs, the expression work on them. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it, it is not lazy animation at all. Like it, it's a, obviously it's a Sony movie and they, they actually put budget into it. Mm. Um, which is which is very interesting, um, because the Sony animation wouldn't be good for like fifteen years after. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I'd be interested in seeing like behind the scenes. You know, how much do they do like rotoscoping in this? Because like, yeah. there's parts of it where it feels like yeah, there probably were like they filmed the scene with actors and then painted over it. Yeah, like I don't. Like maybe with uh, Sandler's character himself, hmm. but and uh, maybe a couple of the other ones. Yeah, but, I mean, mo mostly Sandler's. Um, like I think like the basketball scene looks like probably, you know, they might have like yeah. filmed some people playing ba basketball and then used and, that to do the animation over. And some of the song choreography. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the the whole the whole first half of the movie is just very, like mean spirited and gross out humor, hmm. um, and it's not very good. I I'll go to bat for the second half of the movie though. Um, it gets better after the uh, technical file song hmm. um, when he actually stops acting like an asshole and starts to turn things around. Um, and he actually has, you know, a character arc. Yeah. Well, yeah, and they, uh, you know, actually, like, spell out the backstory, you know, where you spend the yeah. first half thinking, like, well, probably something tragic happened to this guy, because people are, like, feeling sorry for him, even as he's a jackass to everyone. Yeah. And the, his backstory is that his parents died when he was 12. Yeah. And he he never emotionally recovered from it. Um, and over over the next like twenty years, yeah. 
and yeah, at, at the end, uh, and the the only guy who sticks his neck out for him is Whitey, the the little. Um, yeah, he he was like the coach of the basketball team, yeah. and you know he, as a kid, he was like really good at basketball, and then. During the big game, you know, he was waiting for his parents to show up, and then they never showed up because they were dead, and, you know, that's his traumatic scar. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Whitey was the coach of the team and just continues to be, like, the most supportive guy of everyone in town, even yeah. as they all just, you know, Adam Sandler especially shits on him, but also just everyone else is just pushing this poor little guy around. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he's like Superman- without powers mm. <laughs> well, basically like he's he's the the nicest guy you've ever seen and everyone just absolutely shits on him and takes advantage of him yeah and the only thing that makes it somewhat um, palatable is that his voice is like just a really funny like cartoony <laughs> like the bad voice yeah. that you put on as a dm when this okay we got this new like goblin npc showed up and you're just i'm gonna make a little squishy little voice for this guy <laughs> and, and then <laughs> it, it's 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 like nails on a chalkboard but it's like you put so many nails on a chalkboard that you can't tell it's nails on a chalkboard anyway it's yeah. it's really interesting yeah uh, like it's so bad that it's good like it really is um so like adam sandler voices the main character he voices whitey and he voices whitey's sister yeah um and that voice isn't as fun but anyway she's she's barely in the movie so it's fine yeah yeah just another character for them to make jokes about yeah I, I actually really like some of the songs in it, though. Mm. Um, like, I, I say really like, that might be a stretch, but, um, like, Technical File was really fun, where they're, they're just going around the house um, after Davy's house burns down, and Whitey lets him live uh, in his house. They're just going over the rules of uh, yeah, what, not what, will, what will get him kicked out yeah. if, if he doesn't. Um, that one's fun. Uh, the the mall song is pretty good. It gets interrupted a lot, which yeah, it's fine. Mm. Um, what? And yeah, it's a bunch of advertisements, but whatever, it's fine. Mm. They had to get the budget for the animation somehow. Yeah. Um, and the the Bum Bitty song. Um, where Dave, Davey's explaining to the whole town like how bad like he and everybody else <laughs> treats Whitey. Yeah, his is, is like, pretty good. Very sudden realization, right at the yeah. in the last act of the movie. Yeah, it, it it's really sudden, but also it's it's a friggin' holiday movie. So yeah, they realize like, oh shit, we haven't had like any like good catharsis yet. Yeah. So he breaks into the mall and all of the uh, advertisements, uh, all the logos from all the stores in the mall come alive and uh, tell tell him to have a good cry about his parents uh, dying 20 years ago so he can finally get over it and move on with his life. Mm. Um, and then he does, and then he he 
I guess that makes him realize <laughs> um, uh, that Whitey's a very good person that everybody treats like shit. Mm. So he goes to tell the whole town. So yeah, it, it's it's not good. Like it's still not good, mm. but it's watchable. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, the second half yeah, is probably watchable. the kind of you know it it sits better if it's a thing that you either saw as a kid or. Um, you know, ha- have some kind of nostalgia for, I guess. Yeah, um, and like there's there's some offensive humor, but it it it's never like just way over the line. Um, I don't think. Mm. Um, I mean, if you're a person who has a lot of seizures, um, yeah, it might. Um, yeah, yeah, they maybe, do a lot of seizure jokes about Whitey. Yeah, um, but yeah, don't watch it unless you're watching it with someone who uh, will joke through. Will the know thing. how bad it is. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, don't don't watch it alone just because like it's not good enough for that. Yeah. Um, look up the songs on YouTube, maybe. Um, look up technical file, te- technical file, and. Actually, I don't know what it's called. I think it might just be called Bumbity. <laughs> mm. uh, um, anyway. That's the thing we watched for some reason. Yep. Uh, uh, and it's out of our lives now. Yeah, did you want to talk about that Stellaris thing before we get into all of the Disney movies? Uh, but just because just I talked about Stellaris, I, I think, in the last uh, episode. Um I started a new campaign where I I played as uh, a I played as uh, a bunch of plant people, mm. um, and my goal is to turn every planet into a uh, a Gaia world. Um, so basically, there there's a bunch of different planet types in the game. Um, there's like nine normal ones, and there's like three or four like higher, higher level ones. Um, and a Gaia world is basically just, you know, paradise. It's uh, heaven on, I was gonna say Earth, but planet. Um, like it, it's it's basically just like a normal world, except every every single species. Uh, it it is a hundred percent compatible with it. And I, I think there's bonuses to like all the resources you get from it. Um, so I played a plant people who, uh, want to turn every planet in the, in the galaxy into one. Um, the only problem is that, um, you can only do it by owning one. So mm. <laughs> I have to own every planet in the galaxy um so that's uh so you have to it's a little more violent yeah i have to conquer everything i also made them a devouring swarm Mm. (laughs) which is which basically just means i hive minded uh my species is a hive mind so it's just it's just like there's one root plant and every other plant in the in the entire galaxy is connected. So you're so you're the flood from Halo now. 
Yeah, I'm I'm the green, except um, not. Mm. I'm the green from DC, except very aggressive. Yeah, you're um, poison ivy when she decides to commit to the bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, actually, exactly that. Now, now that you mentioned it, because her whole. Her whole plan in, in the uh, Harley Quinn show of like, oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn the entire Earth into a plant paradise. Yeah, um, yeah, it is basically that. You're not wrong. Yeah, that's about it. Just a, like most, you know, of the the strategy games I play aren't very interesting. It's like, oh, I I played Naples and then I I formed Italy and then I formed the Roman Empire. Woohoo. Mm. Um, but Stellaris is interesting because it's not just a map of the real world. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's a thing you can do in Stellaris. Mm. Just have fun doing weird shit. Um, and yeah, that's all I've got besides Disney. Okay. Yeah, and I watched almost all of these Disney movies at the same time, so... Oh, I, I also played Super Mario RPG, mm. uh, the remake, and it's nice. It's are you playing easier, in easy mode but, or um, regular mode? I'm normal, mm. just because I'm I'm used to it. Like I that that's like a game that I played every five years up until recently. Mm. You know, like I was, I was used to it. Uh, plus, there's a lot of mechanics that. And new mechanics that make it easier, so... Okay, yeah, because I didn't know if regular mode had the stuff like splash damage from when you get a critical hit and... Yeah, uh, it does. The combo like, meter and everything. Yeah, I don't I don't know if they make it harder, uh, or... Like, if they make the windows harder for the splash damage and stuff like that, mm. um, or not, but... Yeah, all that stuff is still there. Um, it definitely looks better than the original. <laughs> like, like I I love the look of most Super Nintendo games, but Super Mario RPG has not aged well mm. <laughs> um, visually. I'll say that. Uh, yeah, it was you know early days 3D on the console that wasn't the 3D one. Yeah, like Donkey Kong Country. Uh, they probably did yeah. something similar to Donkey Kong Country, where they just pre-rendered all these 3D-looking graphics yeah. and then put them into an isometric, you know, effectively yeah, like, 2D game, like, but make it look like ooh, we did it in 3D. Yeah, it's like 3D models in a 2D game. Yeah, um, yeah, they're they're sprites, but they're rendered to look like they were 3D. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's good. Super Mario RPG was always just really good, and this is a lot more accessible version for people. Mm. So that's nice. There's a there's a few jokes that aren't in the original, like when you meet what's his face, Culex, mm. um, and he he's completely in two D. Yeah. Um, and it, that's very. Confusing for him. I forget exactly how it goes, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, well, this one they also have 
you know, because I'm in the post game. Yeah, the the secret boss, the Final Fantasy villain Culix, um, shows up as a 2D sprite in an otherwise 3D world, and he's confused. And then after you've done rematches against a lot of the the bosses, you get to fight him again. He's figured out how to be in 3D. And it's, like, oh, buffed all his stats and given him better attacks and stuff. That's cool. And that's the final, final boss, and if you beat him, you get a crystal shard that does nothing except prove that you beat him. More like a crystal shard, am I right? Mm. Sounds painful. <laughs> it really does. It's like a kidney uh, stone. That's like... Oh. Comes out of your ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like a colon stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, um, okay. we're Adam Sandler. We'll we'll be we'll, we'll be back next week. Yeah, we'll be back um, next week in Hawaii doing a podcast with our friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, don't you wish? Mm. Uh, yeah, if someone paid us to go to Hawaii to do a podcast. Yeah. I don't blame Adam Sandler at all for yeah. the choices no, yeah, he's I mean, made. Yeah, you can make it work. Then he still makes yeah. a movie out of it, so why not? Right. He still makes art, even if it sucks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it would be different if he was, you know, like David Zaslav and like made a movie and then wrote the whole thing off as a tax credit and didn't release it. Yeah. But no, his movies actually make money. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like he's you know, working and he just wants to work in a place that's nice. Yeah. Like, if only we could all be as lucky as Adam Sandler. Mm. Uh, also, he's he's genuinely a pretty good actor. Mm. He just he just loves playing like low comedy roles, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's probably easier. You know, you don't have to. Yeah. Like, I'm sure doing like his more dramatic roles is probably more taxing emotionally to to have to do all that it's just very easy for him to put on a dress and act like his own sister yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway okay, so, so Disney Bolt yeah. <laughs> finally forced you to watch Bolt and admit that it's good uh, oh yeah Bolt is uh, actually really good um, is that the first one we watched? I think it is. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, because if, if Ratatouille was the last one, then 2000, 2008 was Bolt and Wally, and we did Bolt first. Yeah. Yeah, Bolt is actually pretty damn good. Um, definitely a lot better than the last, I don't know what, four or five Disney movies before that. Yeah, no, because this was around the time, because I remember being confused, like, Meet the Robinsons had john lasseter in the credits but you know because it was 2006 with cars that was going to be the first movie uh pixar released without disney but then after disney attempted to do 3d movies on their own they realized they just couldn't cut it so they bought pixar <laughs> and then had lasseter and you know some of the creative people from pixar come over to disney animation and you know, show them, like, what is it you do to make such good stories that we haven't been doing for a while? And, um, and yeah, I think Bolt is the first one where Disney animation was getting back on track. 
learning how to do a good character-based script that's also fun. Yeah, and honestly, like looking looking through the list of Disney movies, I don't, I still don't see one that's like as good as Pixar, like mid two thousands. Yeah, um, I mean, because it is still a different creative team, and they also, I think, we're trying yeah. to balance like. Like we want to tell good stories, you know, with good characters and stuff, but we still want to feel, you know, because like they did Princess and the Frog after this one, because they were like, we still want to be Disney animation. We don't want to be Pixar. We just want to learn to tell stories as good as Pixar, but you know, we have our own, you know, the the whole like the princess movie thing, the fairy tale thing. Yeah, like yeah. they've got their own traditions that they also want to play into that make them distinct from other animation studios. Yeah, they they wanted to keep their identity, but also still make quality, which they weren't doing yeah. before that. Um, anyway, Bolt is really good. It's um, it's kind of weird, actually. Uh, yeah, I mean because it's just. It's about a, a show dog, like he he does a like an action show. Yeah, and it, he's, he's it's famous. a riff on like it still feels relevant because we're still in an age of superhero movies, but it is like a riff on the superhero movies of the two thousands and like the Michael Bay action movies. You know, the big explosions, the like kind of greenish lit uh, street chases with bikers and stuff. But at least in in the meta context, you know, because it's the premise is that Bolt is a dog who is doing this like action sci-fi superhero spy espionage show, where it's like him and his kid who owns him, and you know, they're like fighting bad guys and you know stuff, um, and that is all. It's it's a show, but he's been gaslit into believing that that's his life because the director is a lunatic who thinks this dog will put in a better performance if he believes everything that's happening around him. Um, He's making the dog be Jared Leto, yeah. which is the worst crime I can I mean, possibly think of. I, I see it, it's like like Truman Show-esque, you know, except it's a dog. That is just this like yeah. crazy director who's like, I'm going to make this person believe that everything around them is real, and then discovering that it's not and having to deal with that is, like, the journey of the main character. Except it's a dog. Yeah. And he thinks he's a superhero, instead of it being, you know, a guy who discovers that his whole life is actually a lie. Let's see. We're, we're just talking about how he, he thinks he's a hero, but he's... He doesn't actually have any superpowers. He meets, uh... A, a cat... Um... Yeah. What's the word? Well, because the the cats on the show are also actors who are you know because it's all kind of a super spy world. It's like James Bond villain who has a pet cat. Um, the cats uh, are in on what's really happening because they're smarter than Bolt. Um, so they're like teasing him, and then he ends up getting out and getting lost and getting shipped across the country from west coast to east coast. Turns up in New York you know, discovers his powers aren't working, which he thinks is because exposure to styrofoam has disrupted them. <laughs> because it takes him a long time to, you know, for it to set in that no, he doesn't have powers. Um, 
Oh no, packing peanuts. And yeah, then he yeah he meets Mittens, uh, who is a cat, like a street cat who's been declawed, but is you know just trying to get by. And um, because you know in his world, cats are all minions of the villains. You, you know assumes she's a villain, but also that she can take him back to um, to Penny, his owner in uh, in Hollywood. Yeah. And and thus begins a road trip that is the journey of the movie is, you know, Bolt <laughs> coming to terms with, uh, you know, learning his whole life was a lie, but trying, you know, he, like, because there is a conflict of his whole life is a lie, but he still believes that Penny loves him and Mittens doesn't because she was abandoned. So she doesn't think, you know, humans really care about, you know, any animal. It's a very Toy Story-esque story. <laughs> Except with pets. Yeah. Um, but it makes more sense with pets. Yeah. Um, because they're actually and there's alive. Also, their third uh, main character, Rhino the Hamster. Um, yeah. Who is a huge fanboy of Bolt, who also fully believes in Bolt. Um, to the point that even when he, you know, is made to accept that no, Bolt doesn't have actual superpowers, he still believes in, like, what Bolt stands for as, uh, yeah. you know, the hero character. He gives the inspiring speech when, um, Bolt is at his lowest point. Mm-hmm. Um, that even though he's not a superhero, he can still be a hero, all that shit. Yeah. Um... And he's also not as annoying as he seems like he would be when he is first introduced. Hmm. Um, he is more funny than he is annoying. Also, he he one hundred percent gets he one hundred commits to dying in a heroic way hmm. at the end before the the cat saves his life. The sturdiest <laughs> plastic ball in the world, and just like holding up a collapsing metal pillar. Also, I just realized, because as I was saying this, I felt like we'd talked about this before. Um, last episode's topics, uh, Venture Brothers movie, Marvel movies, Good Burger 2, D&D, Honor Among Thieves, Chicken Little Cars, Meet the Robinsons, Bolt, and Ratatouille. So we have talked... Oh, Bolt was before? I think we okay, watched... It, well. it came out in 2008, but we watched it before Ratatouille, because... I, I, That's yeah, right. I'd already... Like, I had watched it, and I wanted you to watch it or something, so... So we have talked about Bolt before. (laughs) I don't think we went this far into it, though. Yeah, I don't think so. Because I think Wally is the first one we watched because the day after we recorded the last one, um, I went and played Magic and some guys who I do not enjoy playing against showed up. And I had kind of... I won... Like, I had played against them before, lost like five games in a row, just felt kind of shitty. Um, and then I played against them two weeks ago, and we did, like, three games, and I won every game, but I still felt shitty, because it's like, I just, I, these guys, I hate playing against them. Um, so then I... try hearts. Kinda, I don't know, it's just, I don't know, it's, it's just not fun. Um, like, one of them just, wants to talk way too much. Uh, just wants to, like, read every card, and, like, (laughs) you know, I don't know, it, it... it's a whole thing. Uh, but I just, because I remember I came home in a sour mood and I'm like, I want to watch a movie to get my mind off of this. And then we watched Wally. So, 
So Wally yeah. was the first one we watched, and it was the day after we okay. recorded. Well, fuck Bolt then. <laughs> yep, it's so good we talked about it twice. Yeah. It, it's just funny because that was the that was the one I was holding up for a while as like oh, the worst thing Disney ever produced, even though I didn't I didn't fully believe it. Mm. Um, I just hadn't seen it before, and I thought it was funny. Yeah, no, you know that it's now. Would you give that honor to Chicken Little, Meet the Robinsons, or uh, Home on the Range? Ooh, I probably liked Meet the Robinsons the least. Mm. Um, but Home on the Range... Home on the Range is just kind of nothing, which I yeah. guess makes it the worst, but not in a hateable way, just that there was nothing there except for the yodeling yeah. villain. Yeah, I, I, I still think Home on the Range is probably the worst. Um, now, like, if I had to watch, like, Peter Pan or something again that I didn't really like... Mm. Um, oh, from, yeah. From, like, the... The boring old ones. The older yeah. catalog. Yeah. Just because, like, that's kind of nothing and also very racist. Mm. <laughs> so, you know. Um, like, at least Pinocchio was interesting. Um, mm. in, anyway. Mm. Uh, so, Wally was uh, the first Wally one. is. I, I love the first half of Wally. Mm. It's, uh, like, one of my favorite Pixar movies. Mm. Um,. Second half, I still like, but it's not as good. Um, I I like that half of the movie goes by with barely any words being said. Mm. Um, like every word that says is just like Wally saying yeah. Eve or yeah, because I, I the movie is very good. It, it's kind of weird for me because when the movie first came out, it was my favorite movie. You know for. God, how am I, I mean, probably until Lego Movie came out. If if anyone asks, like, what's my favorite movie, I probably would say Wally. Um, and I don't know that I liked it that much this time. It's still very good, but the, yeah, there were just like there was a point in my life where this was like this was the best movie. Mostly for the first half, it, but even the second half, yeah. I still like that a lot too. It's very optimistic sci-fi, which is rare yeah. uh, these days. Uh, but and also, when I first saw it, I hadn't seen Idiocracy yet, so I didn't know how much the movie was like straight up ripping that movie off, but with a completely different tone. I, you know, like the it's a world of yeah. trash, but they're actually like you know having like like thinking about like the future and you know pollution and optimism about being able to fix the world where idiocracy like the world is covered in trash because people are so dumb that they've forgotten how to throw trash away so they just let it pile up yeah. in the corner which is everywhere in the world uh, <laughs> yeah i mean the world of wally is actually a lot bleaker than idiocracy mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know like, yeah, like idiocracy they're all still alive and well Despite watering their crops with Gatorade for hundreds of years. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm sure the, it actually does rain water occasionally, yeah. <laughs> which probably helps. Yeah. Um, yeah, and at some point, some food scientist figured out a way to make 
food that doesn't require crops, I guess. Yeah. That's probably what everyone's eating. It's a cupcake and a cup. Yeah. Yeah, like I don't I don't know how they feed I don't know what ten thousand people. I don't know how many people fit on that thing. They don't really say. Mm. Um, like, how do they feed that many people for what seven hundred years or whatever it is? Yeah, it's either. Um, I mean, either it's like somehow processing like space gases, like they pull them in and mix them, and somehow turn that into foodstuffs, or. I guess the darker answer would be soylent green is people. That you know, they're just processing <laughs> the old and the dead into food. Processing waste. Also, into food. who's having who's having the babies? Mm. Be- because like these people seem oblivious. Yeah. Like uh, it have uh, They're well, growing them in I'm a vat. They're, you know, just <laughs> extracting you know people's cells and using those to make babies honestly that's probably true like they they go to the doctor every month and once you reach a certain age they just like take uh sperm or eggs from you yeah. and just and they grow a baby in a together. tube and make a baby yeah yeah because like i mean the these these people ain't fucking i could i can <laughs> guarantee you that <laughs> yeah they, um, they can't even get in the position for that they, they, they don't even have anybody to hold the fucking stick, so they, so they can move the fat out of the way. Yeah. What the fuck? Um, <laughs> I hate that. So you know what? Never mind. I'm, I'm just gonna move on from that mm. one. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, we got lots it, of other movies. If you want to jump to the next one, yeah. Well, it's like I, I just really appreciate Wally for for being. Um, you know, bleak in concept, but um, optimistic in tone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because yeah, if you think about it too hard, the ending doesn't make the fact that one plant is able to grow on this like sludge earth that apparently is the condition of the earth. Like that doesn't mean that you can you know rebuild society already. Yeah. Yeah, but also, you know, it's a cartoon movie and it's a metaphor, you know, you're not, like, scientifically doesn't actually make sense that if the world reached that sort of state that, you know, there would be any coming back from that, you know, not without, like, millions of years of uh, plant life regrowing to, um, you know, get just the whole environment back on track. Uh, so um, what was next? Because we already did both. Either Princess. Was, uh, 2008. So 2009. I think Up was yeah. next. Yeah, Up, um, the movie that has. is like 10 minutes of a really good movie, and then I got bored and started looking for a card that I thought maybe I had, but I didn't have. Yeah, that, that, that's the, my experience the, the of watching the back half of uh, Up was playing in the background. <laughs> Well, I was trying to see if I had the card Power Artifact, which is like an old card that I don't have. I wish I did, because it's pretty expensive, but it would be really good in my deck. 
this has nothing to do with up. This I is just my you. experience of watching up. It's <laughs> like, you know, this two mana uh, enchantment that would let me untap my basalt monolith would be really good in the service attack. <laughs> anyway, there's a giant bird. Yep. There's a bird named Kevin. Uh, well, okay, so we got to backtrack. So yeah. there's. There's, so, at the beginning, there's these two there's the kids. Best short film yeah, ever yeah, made. We see these two kids who meet and grow old together, and um, you know have their ups and downs in life. And then the the wife dies, and the husband is a crotchety old man uh, who's you know still living in the home that they they built, or did they build it, or did they buy it? I think they bought it. Uh, either way. The home that they've had for, that, you know, all their lives that is, you know, surrounded by high-rises as everything's being, like, demolished around them. And, um, these construction guys just looking for any excuse to get him to move off the land so they can plow it and, uh, build over it. And, uh, after yeah. they find that excuse, you know, when he, you know, hits a guy who trashed his mailbox on accident, um, yeah. The, then he gets hit, he gets hit with a tennis ball cane and somehow his head is bleeding. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess that's enough to get him kicked out of the house. Uh, but he, you know, and and then you know my my cynical theory is that from this moment on everything else is a fantasy playing out in this old man's head as he's being taken away to the nursing home because uh, he. In, inflates enough balloons to, you know, as kind of a surprise for the uh, the guys coming to take him away, uh, lift his entire house up into the sky and fly it to South America, where he had always planned to go with his wife. Um, but then, oh no, there is a Boy Scout who happened to be hanging out in his house, who is now along for the ride. And, um, and then they get there, and then there's a bird named Kevin... Who uh, is like a rare dodo bird? That um, there's this other guy who was like the the old man's childhood hero, who's also somehow still alive, uh, and has a bunch of trained dogs that talk through electronic collars, and they're all trying to find the, the bird. And he, you know, this guy was his hero, and he's excited to see him, but he doesn't want to tell him about the bird, um, and that causes issues. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It just it just went some really weird places. Yeah, the I I don't like. Well, I shouldn't say I don't like. Mm. Like the 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 middle, the middle like seventy percent of the movie is just fine. Mm. Um, the beginning is fantastic, and the end is pretty good. It's like in in the middle is mostly just uh, like slapstick, but not super good slapstick. It, you know, like it's it's just kid flavored slapstick. Mm. Uh, you know, like there's just nothing to like really grab onto, aside from Doug the dog, mm. um, who is a very good boy, and I want to pet him. But aside from that, yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, the movie's just—it's it, just fine, most of it. Um, I I do like how it wraps up in the end. 
Um, yeah, I wasn't even paying attention you know, at that point, so I don't remember. Did he adopt the... <laughs> so, did the Boy Scout... Was he an orphan, and that's why he was okay with being along for this ride to South America, he, and did he adopt him at the end of that? He has a mom, but he doesn't have a dad. Um, and the old man kind of uh, takes the place of his dad. Mm. Um, and the mom isn't going to notice that he's been gone for however long it took to fly to South America and back. Apparently not. Because <laughs> the, the, the funny thing is, uh, when they when they get back from South America, like they, they apparently go to the, the uh, badge awarding ceremony like right, right, right when they get back. Mm. <laughs> because they're... Their faces and their clothes are still uh, like half destroyed from the the journey, from the adventure. Yeah, and I'm sure, like um, uh, you know, again, kind of like Wally, don't bring practical science into it. I'm sure somebody has calculated like uh, a flying house pretty, with no propulsion I'm system. Sure Matt Pat. How long does it take for that to get from any somewhere in the United States down to somewhere in, I guess, Brazil, probably? I'm I'm pretty sure Matt Pat has an episode about um, mm. on film theory. Yeah. Um, yeah, like how how many days or weeks how would it take balloons? for a house with it doesn't even have like a fan to propel it forward. He's just riding the yeah. air currents. How long does it take to? Yeah, I mean, actually, how does he even? I guess he must have you know tracked the air currents to know that it would take him to South America because he doesn't even have like a sail to let him adjust. Yeah the direction his house is going all he has is um I, I forget what you call it um the the thing that tells you which way the wind is blowing um, oh a weather vane yeah he has that and apparently like he he guides the the house by t turning that Unless I'm mistaken, and I was conflating two things that aren't related. Yeah, because yeah, because he can like adjust his, um, you know, how his his, his, his elevation by, you know, removing yeah. balloons. But yeah, yeah. But also, it's all a fantasy also, playing out in his head as his home is being taken <laughs> away and he's being sent off to it. No, it's not. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I. <laughs> I okay, see. I'm I'm okay with it because I know you're joking. Yeah. But I also I hate <laughs> I, I hate theories like mm. that, where it's like, <laughs> oh, it never actually happens. Like, shut the fuck <laughs> up. It's a it's a fantasy. Yeah. But you know, it it actually does make sense in this case because it's like, oh, he he goes on the adventure that he and his wife never met, never got to. He meets his uh, old. Uh, hero yeah um and has like a swashbuckling adventure uh fighting him um and he gets a surrogate son so with, that's like all the things he ever wanted in life that we were shown mm. um also he's voiced by ed asner who uh seemed pretty he's a he, he's a good old voice actor um and then he died a few years ago i think mm. so Rip to a real one. Yeah. Uh, he played J. Jonah Jameson in the 90s cartoon. Oh, yeah. And also, um, I, I think Ed Wensler 
in Boondocks. Mm. <laughs> I, I love that he's like an old rich white man and his name is Ed Wetzler. Mm. Uh, it's better than the actual Lorax movie. Yeah, um, but it didn't get nearly as many, uh, you know, Tumblr posts. No. No, I've, I... Illumination's really, you I know, have riding a... the pulse of, uh, <laughs> what the Tumblr fandoms are after. Was it Taylor Swift in that movie? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I think so. I we think have to so. get through all the DreamWorks stuff before we can watch all the Illumination movies. So, I I am not doing <laughs> Illumination. Fuck you, right to hell. We have to watch um, the Mario movie sometime at least. Yeah, I will. Uh, that's on the list. I mean, I I, I got around to D and D. So, mm. um, yeah, I think Mario movies on Peacock, but it, it it'll it'll be free on Prime eventually, probably. Seems like most things. Yeah. Like, Prime just got a bunch of like DC movies now that Warner Brothers is you know divesting away from uh, having Max be the only home for their stuff. Actually, I should check. I wonder you if mean... Merry Little Batman's probably out by now. The uh, animated Batman car- you know, Christmas special that they I guess sold off to Amazon Prime to be exclusive on there instead. Does he meet Santa? I don't know. Haven't seen it. Is it? Isn't Santa like actually a character in DC? Probably. I think. I think so. Yeah. Because um, I, mean, I know there's like a Superman if, comic where he's reading letters that were sent to him, and he's getting depressed because people wanted to solve all of the problems that they have, and he he can't. If. If Santa is real, I want him to fight Lobo. Mm. There, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a story where Lobo kidnaps Santa Claus because he's got a bounty on his head or something, <laughs> and Superman has to go I have rescue. To look this up. Rescue Santa Claus. Excuse me for a second. I have to search this. Okay. Um, I was going to put Lobo versus Santa. <laughs> it comes up. Um, is it an official thing or a fan thing? DC's logo fought Santa Claus at Christmas special. <laughs> Wait, I have to see this. <laughs> logo paramilitary Christmas special volume, ele- volume 11 DC database. Um, no, okay. Yeah, it looks like an actual mm. <laughs> February 1992. Okay. I was I was not yet born. Um, I was one and a half. Let me, let me see if I can um, paste this in the chat from my phone. It's very slow because Discord did an update and it kind of sucks. Yeah. yeah, so after Up is what, Princess in the Frog? Oh no, it didn't do the thing. Oh, uh, yeah, it's um, not the whole link. Yeah, it, it is Princess and the Frog next. The one from my neck of the woods. Uh, I finally have the upper hand. Yeah, no, they haven't... I, As far as I know, they haven't done one set in Maine yet. And <laughs> When they cross over with yeah, Stephen King, yeah. they will. Yeah, because like Stephen King is like the main 
you know, if something's going to be set in Maine, it's probably a Stephen King thing. Yeah. Or someone parroting Stephen yeah. King. Like, maybe there's a chance of, like, some historical, uh, you know, like either colonial or, like, like Vikings, I think, landed around New England. Well, I guess Newfoundland first, but... Yeah, there were, yeah. I think, some Vikings who had gotten as far as Maine before they all went back. They all either left or died. Yeah. Because um, they ran into Pennywise. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, Pennywise is the reason there was no Viking uh, colonialism yeah. in uh It was short-lived because... They they met it because there's a giant spider. In yeah, there. it's whatever Vikings fear. That's what Pennywise appeared as. Yeah, uh, a bath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it looks like Lobo killed Santa Claus in that picture, or at least shanked him. Um, I and mean, got blood presumably he didn't. Does it? it looks like yeah. I mean, it's you know, what's that stain coming off the top of the knife? I mean, I, I think it's just a very edgy knife. I don't know. I see like a texture. It looks like, like black on the tip and some like something streaks coming down off of it. I think he stabbed Santa Claus. Um, he he might have stabbed Santa Claus. You never know. Lobo would stab Santa Claus. Yeah. If, let's be real. Um. Anyway, Princess and the Frog. Yep. Um, wherein bestiality is okay, mm. <laughs> apparently. Um, so, like, I don't even... So, it takes place in New Orleans. Uh, Tiana is... And it's, like, She, 1920s. like, works her ass off. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, early 20th century... Uh, Tiana works her ass off um, at like two or three different jobs so she can afford a restaurant. Um, that's her dream is to own a restaurant and she doesn't stop and smell the roses of her life. Blah, blah, blah. That's the character yeah. arc. <laughs> um, and uh, there is a prince from uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure like a just a random made up country. Yeah, um, non-specific European, somewhere around like Spain or Portugal or something. He had that kind of a vibe, Italy-ish maybe. They speak French. Mm. Um, and he he is just um a complete kind of like hedonistic asshole yeah. um, he's never worked a day in his life and he doesn't plan to um, living off family wealth so the family kicked him out and now his wealth's running out and so him and his yep. butler who just kind of resents that he's stuck with this asshole um, to go and make a deal with a witch doctor um, for Keith David yeah, for vague you know, the vague promise of like, I see green in your future. Oh, you mean money? No, I mean I'm turning you into a frog. Um, 
And, uh, <laughs> oh, I see a reversal of fortune. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna make you appear to be the prince. And if you get married while you, the butler, appear to be the prince, then you inherit all the wealth. Um, and there will be no further complications from that. Um, yep. Not at yeah. all. But if, uh, the prince who has been turned into a frog is able to get true love's kiss or something, it'll turn him back. Or no, he has to kiss a princess? Yeah, he has, yeah, to, he has to kiss, he has a, to princess. kiss a princess. That is the only stipulation. Yeah, and he runs into Tiana at a costume party, and she's dressed up like a princess, so he thinks, oh, this is a princess, let's kiss. And, um, and she does it, and it, uh, you know, after she makes him promise that he will use his princely wealth to buy the restaurant that um, she's dreamed of. And so they do the kiss, and she turns into a frog, because it's, like, Shrek rules or something. So, uh, so now they're both frogs, and, um, they go off on a, a swamp adventure for a while, uh, and, uh, meet a nice witch, who gives them a bunch of vague, uh, be-yourself life advice, and, um, or be-true-to-yourself life advice, and then, uh, yeah, then they find out that Tiana's friend will be technically a princess through some, you know, I, what even is a princess? It, it's just a, a, a role in, you know, society. Uh, so. Oh, okay, so <laughs> let me actually <laughs> explain. Well, instead um, of my half remembering this movie. This is another one where so, I wasn't paying uh, full attention. I've seen it before. I think I saw it like a year ago. So I was watching it like, yeah, I, I've seen this recently. So this, it, the plot occurs around Mardi Gras. Um, and uh, her, her friend's dad is like a, a big businessman in the area. And he, he is the, the king of uh, one of the parade crews. So he's technically king for Mardi Gras, like in, until the end of the day, um, which makes his daughter a princess. So they really want uh, Tiana's friend to kiss the, the frog prince so that they will both be changed back. Because um, yeah, if you lift the then, curse on one, you lift the curse on everyone. Right. And and then uh, the frog prince will uh, convince uh, Tiana's friend to give her the money for the restaurant. Yeah, because she finds out really he's weird. broke along the way after he had promised yeah. to pay the thing. It's like, no, actually, yeah, I don't have money either. Yeah. I just wanted to break this curse. Which it, it's really weird. You would think that um, her friend could just yeah could have just uh, could have just asked her, her for the money to loan her the money. With. Like if it was that yeah, easy, why do we need um, to intervene? Yeah, it's uh, it's a really weird situation. <laughs> uh, but anyway, while they're frogs in the swamp, they meet a trumpet playing alligator, um, who just really wants to be in a jazz band. Yeah, um, and, and they meet a firefly they, with. Uh, they meet a Cajun firefly. Yeah, Larry the cable guy, the the firefly. No, it's Jim Cummings. <laughs> no, he gives me strong Mater vibes. I, I get it, but also no. Mm. <laughs> I have to say, as a as a local, mm. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to say no. Yeah. 
He's a lot better than. No, I'm, I'm, he's better I'm than one later. Of those New England elitists. Like all these hillbilly characters yeah, are the same to me. Fuck <laughs> it. See that? That's like that's like in uh, Rescuers when there's like a Cajun mouse and uh, she's married to like a hillbilly mouse. I'm like, how the fuck did that happen? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I bet you didn't even notice you. Nope, I wasn't paying attention in that one either. You elitist yeah. fuck. Um. Anyway, he's he's pretty funny. He makes a joke about Shreveport. Mm. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, you, you wouldn't get that one. No, either, I don't know what that is. Not because you're, not because you're an elitist, just because... Just because I have not... The farthest <laughs> I have traveled from Maine is central Massachusetts. I don't travel much. We, we need to get you down to Florida for spring break. No, I, I don't want to go anywhere near Florida. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, we should go to, like, Tennessee, though. Mm. There's mountains there. I mean, there's mountains here. Like, the Appalachian yeah, but mountain not... range goes all the way up to Maine. Are they filled with smoke? Um, If somebody lights a fire, probably. No. They're not the foggy ones. It's not a national park now. Yeah. That makes it different. I mean, Mount Katahdin is a national park. <laughs> That's not a real thing. Yeah, no, it's it's the biggest mountain in Maine. No, now I get to be an elitist mm. fuck. Yeah, we have one mountain. I mean, like Mount it. Washington over in New Hampshire is more impressive than uh, Mount Katahdin. But... I, I still think you made it up. Mm. No, no, Mount Katahdin is definitely a mountain because there's a book that pretty much everybody's required to read in like fourth or fifth grade called Lost on a Mountain in Maine. And it's uh, like a firsthand account from a kid who got lost on a mountain. And, you know, it's one of those like grade school survivalist stories. Um, the only thing I is remember like about it is that, yeah, it, it, it's in that kind of vein of a story. And the only thing I remember is that, like, one of the early chapters, the kid says he saw ghosts, and it's one of those books where there's, like, little illustrations, and it looks like, like, the ghost of Christmas future that he claims he saw on this mountain. Nice. Mm. <laughs> I guess Charles Dickens visited a mountain in Maine. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, this is Maine. It's, you know, the Stephen King state. So, yeah, there probably are ghosts just hanging out on our our <laughs> most famous mountain. There would be ghosts on a mountain. Yeah. I mean, it's a mountain. People die there all the time, probably. Yeah. Uh, what were we talking um, about? Princess and oh, the yeah. Frog. Um, so, yeah, the, the movie isn't, it's not great, but it, it's, you know, good enough. Mm. Um, there's, there's some fun songs. Um, the, it, it's, uh, it's very predictable and on the nose kind of, um, yeah, I mean, they, they were deliberately trying to do something in the vein of their nineties movies. Yeah. They even brought back like, yeah. you know, the songwriter and was it Alan Menken? That one, I think. Yeah, yeah. I believe it was. And they brought back their. You know, classic 90s songwriting stuff. Um, yeah, it's a it's a nice Renaissance light movie. Yeah. 
Like like it 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 does not hit the highs. Um, the lows aren't too low either. Like it's it's fine. Yeah, I mean it's another it's, step in there trying to find a voice for Disney Animation. Uh, yeah, as a studio. Yeah, before they get tangled, um, which kind of solidified it, you know, at least for a year. Yeah, well, yeah, because like Tangled and Frozen kicked off. I guess kind. Of, I don't know. We'll we'll see as we go through the yeah. next era of Disney how much they. I mean, they didn't do that much more princess stuff like they did Moana. Yeah, um, yeah, cause, yeah, because they really didn't do lean as much into the princess stuff but also frozen was such a huge hit that even as they were making other stuff there you can still buy like you know just any anything and everything with elsa and anna's faces plastered on it yeah i mean i guess you could say frozen 2 is a princess thing yeah so yeah yeah i mean yeah frozen 2 it came out like six years later because like you know they were caught by surprise how much of a hit frozen was but like frozen frozen we'll we'll see when we get to it it's probably better than cars but it is kind of disney animation studios cars where it's like this movie was a surprise hit and such a merchandise machine that it's going to get sequels forever or you know yeah. they they have uh, apparently a frozen 3 and 4 both in development now Oh God, no! One for each season. Well, I mean, the the second one is also still frozen, so uh, it, it's uh, you know the endless winter. Pimple winter. The, the what's it from it uh, Game of Thrones? In... The Long Night or something? Where? Oh, okay. Pimple winter is uh, Norse mythology. Yeah. Now, if they do a Frozen, you know, do, do like a Frozen sequel where Norse mythology becomes part of it, that would be pretty cool. It would. <laughs> Just Fen- the Fenris like wolf is going to eat the shit. moon unless uh, <laughs> Elsa can <laughs> stop it. I would, I would play Frozen uh, mixed up with God of War. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds cool. I would... I would I would like to see uh, Kratos chop her head off with an axe. <laughs> um, well, actually, knowing knowing Kratos, um, he he tends to like using people's own weapons to kill them. So he would probably like take an icicle that she makes and like stab her with, <laughs> and then say no. chill out. <laughs> 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 do all the bad Mr. Freeze want, puns. I want Kratos voiced by Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I I I legitimately would love mm. that. Um, if there was if there was just like a, a hidden uh, option in the settings, he's he's voiced by Arnold Schwarzenegger, and it's just like commando level. Uh, <laughs> just puns um, for every death. Yes. <laughs> but as established earlier in this episode, he wouldn't be a badass anymore if he's making puns after every kill. Well, no, only if he, only if he has a British accent. Oh, okay. So anyone else can do puns, just not British puns. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
Pun, puns just don't work in British. They're, they're much too dry. They, they need to be sloppy, wet puns. <laughs> Pour some milk on those puns. <laughs> Is that our title? I guess. Uh, either either sloppy yeah. wet or... Pour some milk on those sloppy wet puns. No, you don't have to pour milk on them uh, if they're already sloppy and wet. You 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 need that to make them wet because they were dry. <laughs> I've if got it. W A P wet ass puns. Okay, there we go. <laughs> um. Okay, so were we still on Princess and the Frog, or no? We're done. Like okay. it's 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 good, but it's not anything special, really. Mm. Um, what is so next? Twenty ten, I think, because that was both of the two thousand. Toy, Toy Story. Yep. Either Tangled or Toy Story. Which one did we watch first? Tangled. I I think Tangled. I feel like Tangled. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I don't know Toy Story was another one where, like I. Was I wasn't not paying attention, but I think I kind of was. I don't know. Yeah, I just wasn't as interested. Yeah. Um. Like uh, I mean, Toy Toy Story Three is weird. Mm. I, look, we just talk about that one first. Yeah. It's 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 a Prison Break movie. Yeah. <laughs> like at a children's daycare, it's weird. Yeah, yeah. That it's like the beginning and end of the movie are you know the emotional arc of the series until it decided to keep going um of you know andy's growing up and he's moving on and the, you know the toys are you know adjusting to this kid that they have in a sense raised it has grown up and is moving away um you know it almost like the the toys even though they are, you know, his possessions, they are, you know, it, it, they're like his parents in a way. Like they're they're watching him leave and watching him grow, and you know they're having to to cope with that. Um, and then the whole middle of the movie, it's just like, oh, we accident, we you know, we're put in a bag that was going to be put in the attic, but then it was put out for the trash because there was a mix up, and now we're all. Um, on our way to a daycare because we ended up in the daycare box and then the daycare is you know a, a prison it it yeah it is just you know a parody of or, or like a riff on you know the the like classic prison break type of movie um and then they all end up at, you know at the end of that in the dumpster on their way to the seventh layer of hell where toys burn forever um, and then they are rescued by Deus Ex the Claw, because the Claw joke <laughs> becomes the thing that saves them. And then we return to our scheduled uh, emotional, uh, you know, why this kid's grown up and he's leaving us and we're leaving him and, and stuff. Yeah. Um, I like the subplot with Ken, um, just being really into fashion. Hmm. And every everyone else making fun of him for it, um, and then Barbie gets there and he learns to accept himself for who he is. Mm. That was nice. I don't really care about the rest of it. <laughs> I, I mean that that's that's an exaggeration. Mm. Um, 
I mean, it, it, it's, it's perfectly it's competent fun. at what it's yeah. going for. It's just a really weird creative choice for yeah. what to do I, for another Toy Story movie. I don't, I don't like that they ended up at the dump ready to be incinerated. Mm. Um, but what I, I, I do like the end with uh, Andy giving away the, the toys to the little girl. Um, that's a fantastic ending of the series. And it's a good thing they never made another one. Yep. No, well, we definitely won't have to watch it in you know, probably a couple months because it was like late 2010s. Yeah. And we won't have that to watch the sucks. sequel to that sequel because it's not out yet. Yeah. I get to stop at Wish because that's the last movie that's out yep. uh, this year. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know when it hits Disney Plus, but whenever it does, I'm watching it. Because mm. um, I, w- I will hopefully be done with everything else by then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause it, I don't remember what the latest news on the box office for Wish is. It sounds like it's not going to turn around quite as well as Elemental did. Um, like it, you know, had a rough opening, and I, I don't know if it's managed to to get better or not. Because if it does badly, it could end up like uh, Encanto, where they're just like, well, uh, let's just put this right on Disney Plus and maybe, you know, get some toy sales out of, uh, you know, the kids actually watching this. Because they're not watching it's it. Kind of the, it's kind of the opposite of Elemental, right? Like, people didn't like the Elemental premise, but then it was like, oh, this is actually good, and then people went to see it. Mm. Whereas Wish is, Wish is the opposite. It's like, oh, 100th anniversary of uh, Disney. Um, um, we're making a princess movie to uh, celebrate. And then it kind of sucks. Mm. Um, and nobody likes it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. We'll see when that one comes out. Because it sounds like it, it does a lot of just like... Um, you know, in jokes and references and um, callbacks. Yeah, like a movie that is more interested in uh, all the stuff that's come before it than in trying to be a thing on its own. You you know what the actual Disney Renaissance did? Mm. It it had like scars for it in. Hercules and stuff like that. It didn't actually reference <laughs> the other movies directly. Mm. Uh, yeah, and I don't know. You know having like, not seen Wish, I don't know how direct. The, like I've seen like pictures of the princess from it in the uh, outfit of uh, the fairy godmother from Cinderella, but I don't know if if that's the extent of it. It's just like, hey, you recognize this blue robe, yeah. or if uh, they I mean, I- actually call it back. I, I guess it could also just be a marketing campaign, like Lilo and Stitch, where they, you know, mm. for the whole 100th anniversary thing. I don't know. Um, I guess we'll find out in a few months. Yeah. And then I am free. Yep, I am free to... And then you have to choose your next project. It'll probably just be DreamWorks movies, because there aren't nearly as many, and I can... Very easily knock them out in less than a year. Mm. Uh, 
they, instead of watching like 80 movies, I'll be watching yeah. like, what, 20, 20 something? Yeah, yeah, you'd cut out that whole first, uh, you know, 50 years of yeah. stuff. Which, the, the first 50 years isn't the hard part. Mm. <laughs> it's this uh, yeah, part this, right now. Yeah, now we're in the part, where, especially because Disney and Pixar. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, and there are like where, multiple movies per year. Where there's two or three movies a year, and half of them are mediocre. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're mediocre to good, but like not, not much that's truly great, mm. I don't think. Can't wait to watch Zootopia and, I don't know, jack off the furries or something. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> well... I mean, because uh, what, what was the, the? I know that was one of the movies we already watched that I was trying to see if that gave you a furry awakening, and it didn't. Um, uh, well, Robin Hood. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, if, yeah. If Robin Hood didn't awaken you. Well, I, mean, well, I guess we'll see. If Zootopia, <laughs> if you come away from that and just really horny for bunny police officers. I don't know, that Shakira deer might do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, the Shakira one, she's got some good hips, but yeah, but she's barely in the movie. Okay, well, I'll have to keep my horny to the minimum. Yeah. Oh, good God. Uh, well, uh, where were we? Toy Story 3. Tangled? Uh, wait, or Toy just, Story 3. just like, go right into Tangled, because that's the other 22. Yeah. yeah, we'll just go into Tangled. Um... Tangled is very fun and energetic, but it, it I don't know, I, it, it's, I don't think it's as good as a lot of people do, and you don't either, so. Yeah, no, even <laughs> when it came out, I remember, like, you know, people loved it, I thought, like, this is fine, I don't know, I, I feel like a lot of the music in it feels like it's just there for the sake of having a song, like, it doesn't yeah. feel like, you know, like, like, the whole, like, I've got a dream song in uh the the tavern with all you know the like rough and tumble guys and they're all singing about you know their like you know, dream of like collecting plastic horses or whatever yeah. it's like it, it, it's a cute yeah, but, song but it doesn't feel like this needed to exist the the funny thing about that song is that that song does not need to exist at all but also it's my favorite one mm. <laughs> it's it's like the only one i really remember yeah um, that and the, the villain song with her mom, which also isn't super impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, otherwise... Mother, yeah, mother yeah, Knows Best or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, it it's fine. Try not to think too hard about um, the hair and how it's just being dragged across, like, the forest. You know, she's yeah, got like it's magic. Yeah, it's it's magic hair that is resistant to everything. It does not tangle. Except despite scissors. despite the thing, <laughs> the movie being called Tangled, that hair does not tangle. Um, you know, it, it can be like it's... an endless rope extending off of the screen and like around a whole room, or it can just be piled up in your arms. And you know, either way, I don't know. I the, the hair. The hair's resistant to everything except a slightly sharp edge. Yeah. And I think, like, it... I, I don't know. Like, it... Because the hair is the gimmick of the movie, I guess, yeah, they just want to, you know, you, you you just 
do crazy stuff with it. I, you know, for practical purposes, it could have been cool if she just like, you know, wrapped it around, you know, like make it like a rope cord almost. You like wrap it around your waist and your shoulders and stuff, and then you can just yeah. have the hair around, but still be able to freely move and it's not dragging everywhere. So can can you imagine, um, like using your hair as a as like a a whip, mm. <laughs> like a rope, to to swing you and another person? Yeah, I mean, uh, and not snap. Yeah, just a horrible whiplash from that. Especially, yeah. And especially you know where the hair is that long, it's not you know because like I've played the Shante games. You know her whole thing is she's like whipping with her hair. Um, but it's back and like forth. yeah, but it's you know like a mid back length ponytail. It's not you know hair that just drags on for. I, I don't even know. I, I assume the hair probably doesn't have a you know definitive length. It's just as no, long as any scene requires. Yeah, it's however long they need yeah. uh, at the moment. Like it, it could be, you know, like eighty feet to pick somebody up from the tower. It could be. Like thirty feet um, to just trail behind her while she runs in the forest, yeah. or it could be like fifty, so she can do the rope swing from it in the the quarry scene. Yeah, um, she should have a more buff neck though, just from dragging all that hair. Yes. Around. Like I mean, like we're, I'm we're nitpicking this, but yeah. like you could also just say, oh, the hair's magic; it heals her. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like it all the time that's why she never gets any damage from it yeah i mean because like um, the emotional core of the movie is that she as a baby was kidnapped by a woman who wanted the magic that is contained in her hair because that magic came from a flower that belonged to this woman and it was stolen from her um because it also it grants eternal youth um you know through you know de-aging you know you just restore yourself using this magic that is from the flower now in the hair um, and so this mother has, this woman has raised her as her mother, um, has not told her that she was kidnapped as a baby. Um, and then she has seen these lights up in the sky every year on her birthday from her despondent royal parents who apparently never even tried to have another child after her. Um... They just keep sending up these lights in remembrance of their lost baby. Um, and she wants to go looking to see what these lights are all about. And finds out that those are her birth parents, and therefore her real parents. And that the woman who raised her because she did gaslight her and you know, was kind of shitty um, is a bad person. Um I don't know. I have mixed feelings on just the family dynamic premise of it. Yeah. That. Yeah, I don't know. Because like, it's not a happy ending that she is now um, living with people, the daughter who, of two people she doesn't know. Yeah, of uh, the the you know rich king and queen who she just met, who only know you know her when she was a baby. They have no personal connection at all. Um, and also then there's, you know, the guy, you know, the thief with a heart of gold who she falls for and, you know, that's fine. Yeah. Um, the, the biggest, the, the biggest bright spot about the movie to me is the personality and the animation. Mm. 
Um, it's completely different from all of the, the previous 3D Disney animated movies uh, before. Yeah, no, um, the, I, I think, yeah, with this one, it's where they really hit on, like, how do we get the look, uh, you know, the classic big-eyed look of, like, Renaissance Disney yeah. characters, but do that in 3D? Hey, and guess what? The answer is treat it like a fucking cartoon. Mm. <laughs> you, you know, like, just stop trying to make it semi-realistic. Like, these are, these are cartoon characters. Just because they have a 3D model doesn't mean you can't just treat it like a cartoon. Yeah. Yeah, um, and it doesn't go as hard, you know, because, like, DreamWorks, like, played around with style a lot. Um, you know, they did, like, Madagascar, where they're like, let's go more cartoony. Like, we're doing 3D models, but we can, you know, work out an algorithm to get squash and stretch and, you know, like, silly cartoon things in the because 3d models as a technology are generally more stiff because you model it once and then you're just posing this model um and with, with like tangled they didn't you know go that far into you know like doing weird things with like body shapes and stuff but they did yeah. you know also didn't go into like the realistic textures that um especially pixar like pixar you know some of the more recent Pixar's, they're finally starting to, you know, let things be more stylized. Yeah. But like yeah. Finding Nemo, Brave, Brave, Brave was really weird. Yeah, that with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because Brave... like the, the environments are are so like almost photorealistic, and then yeah, um, and then the faces all the characters look like are... Disney characters, the, the yeah. big eyes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember, like, when Finding Nemo came out, the DVD bonus features, they talked about how, like, they had, like, worked out how to render the ocean looking, like, perfect. And they found it looked too perfect. That, you know, like, because they already had to change, like, the faces of the fish to have, you know, eyes up front, make it look more human-like so that it, you know, could convey emotions um, instead of looking like actual fish. Um, but even like the ocean so itself, they, they found like if you make it look too realistic, it feels wrong. So they had to dial it back a little bit and like brighten up some of the colors and uh, yeah, yeah, like smooth some of the textures. Yeah, so they they didn't have the dinosaurs um, problem. Yeah, yeah, and that's you know, thing that I think tangled. You know, they like bolt. Had you know, like the textures were fine, but they were leaning a little bit more into the realistic instead of the like the smooth and stylized and bright that Tangled did. Yeah. Well, also dealt with animals though, mm. so. Um. Like even when they had people, like they were relative. Like aside from the little girl, like the people were relatively cartoony. Yeah. Um, yeah. Except for like the the one offs, like the director uh, and people they didn't like. Yeah, I mean, and they still did have that Disneyness of like the faces having like you know big expressive eyes. Yeah. Like um, the that one like animal control building, like all the workers in that um, were pretty mm. like weird, weirdly shaped and cartoony. Yeah. 
Um, and that's more what I would want from, you know, Disney or, or Pixar. Yeah. Just animation in general, I guess. Yeah. Like, in, unless you're making, like, a, a down-to-earth story where you want them to look more realistic, just make them weird and cartoony. Yeah. Like that that was one of the problems with Meet the Robinsons is that you know, like they have this weird zany world and all the characters just look like people with slightly exaggerated features. Mm. Um you know, like they like oh the, the, the pizza delivery guy, like he's super huge and buff, but also he's just a dude. Mm. Um, the, the frog lady, it's like, oh, she has like the, the super thin, uh, cartoon waist, but also she's just a lady, uh, you know? Uh, hmm. yeah, I, I do think Tangled is the one where they first actually get it right. Um, and the, the, the movement especially, especially is just very satisfying. Hmm. Um, but also, yeah, the story is kind of weak. <laughs> like it, it's fine, but it, it's it's just really basic fairy tale. Hmm. Uh, you have anything else for Tangled? Uh, no, not really. Um, so that's 2010. So 2011. Yep. Do you remember what the next one is? Because I do. Okay. Well, because it wouldn't be Brave, because that was the last one. Yep. Was it Winnie the Pooh, or was there one before that? It's Cars 2. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, now we're getting into um, recently watched stuff. Yeah. Cars 2, it's the one not... where Mater's got guns. <laughs> Gatling guns, and, the, and also that, that picture of the toy that you found that you can see over in the, the Discord chat if you, I guess, dig through the the brent you know subtopic yeah uh mater has gatling guns and that toy picture you found is real oh is it yeah it's not a fan made thing i found you know pictures of it like in the packaging they sold a toy (laughs) of mater with his two gatling guns sticking out and his like angry eyes um nice yeah because in the movie he could get you know uh, well I guess get into the plot, but he he gets like spy upgrades yeah. and he gets Gatling guns and he's like shooting up a whole room and there's like shells coming out of it. It's yeah. wild. It's that. it's actually like semi realistic gunfire. It's weird. Like the, in some ways, this Pixar movie is more violent than the Incredibles movies. Yeah, because it is like just parodying like a James Bond movie. Um, uh, Oh yeah, the Complete the beginning death and um, guns. Yeah, like the the beginning action sequence has a higher body count than Incredibles. Yeah, like it, it's it, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, like, like Bruce Campbell gets tortured to death on screen. Yeah, as a car. That that. I didn't realize it was Bruce Campbell at the time. Oh really? Well, until you mentioned it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but the last time, because I feel like this movie, I, for some reason, I watched it within the last year. So when we were watching it this time, it, it felt familiar. And that's how yeah, I remember it was, like, it was three a, lines. a car that got blown up. 
Yeah. To demonstrate yeah. that alternative fuels are bad and you should um, buy gasoline. Only gasoline ever. Long live the oil companies. I mean, they they take it back at the end, though. Yeah, yeah, they, <laughs> they you know, set up this, you know, okay, so, so there's, um, there's a big race being uh, sponsored by, uh, you know, weird mogul guy who's behind, all in all, the new alternative fuel formula that, um, you know, like, the, uh, clean fuel, I guess, um, that there's like these villains who um, want to use somehow they have like an EMP laser that can cause all in all to explode and they want to use it to discredit all in all uh, so that everyone will just stick with gasoline and oil based you know fuels forever um, and then it turns out that the mastermind behind the whole thing is the guy behind all in all. So, you know, it's like it's all a conspiracy that um, alternative fuels are bad. But actually, this alternative fuel is good. Um, but most of the movie is about how it's causing cars to explode through, you know, what is admittedly very unlikely to ever happen. You know, like an EMP happening requires, like, solar radiate like major solar radiation output it's, it's not a thing you can just pack up in a box although i guess you can because they they did in the movie it, it it's a talking car movie yeah. <laughs> like also but they they call it an emp like an electric electric electromagnetic electromagnetic pulse, pulse. Yeah. yeah even though it's not a pulse it's a beam yeah which is 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 we're gonna nitpick the shit out of this. Yeah, I mean, it, like the movie is—it's a parody of James Bond movies. It's you know a feature-length yeah. Mater's Tall Tales, because the the star of the yeah. movie is Mater. It's a movie about how Mater is a big dumb dumb, and everyone thinks he's a big dumb dumb, and he doesn't—he thinks he doesn't realize how much people, like, how low of an opinion people have of him, and um, but also you know, he finds out like they still like him even if they think he's dumb. But yeah, a lot of Mater's self-esteem yeah. issues being worked out through this adventure, where yeah, there's this race being put on, and also, um, you know, uncovering this evil conspiracy behind it. There is Michael Caine as um, a, uh, <laughs> a the James Bond car, and Holly Shiftwell, which from the moment she said her name, I was trying to think like, okay, so I know this is meant to be like a Bond girl name. But is there a sex pun here? Because I'm not sure. It, um, there, see, here's the thing. Like in in Austin Powers, there's there's a, there's a character named Shagwell. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. I mean, the Austin Powers. You know, like the Bond ones vary on how blunt they are. Uh, I mean, there's one named Holly Goodhead. Octopus. Yeah. Well, there's Octopussy is a movie. That Holly Goodhead is. Uh, one of the Bond girls. Uh, I mean, they, they did Christmas Jones just so they could do the pun "Christmas comes twice." Uh, you know, at the end of the movie. But um, yeah, I mean, Holly Shiftwell is just—it it sounds like a Bond girl name, but I guess because it is a G-rated movie, there isn't probably a sex pun. There? But I don't know. Like, I mean, how does car sex even work? They, 
you know, like, I don't know. It seems like it, it's probably a thing with all the flirting cars do with each other. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. Like, so, apparently recessed headlights are like boobies, so. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and I mean, like, I, the, I guess the trunk is like the ass, because they had the whole thing yeah. of, uh, um, oh, what's it, the, the girlfriend car having like a pinstripe tattoo on her, like, oh, like yeah. her fender. Or, it's like uh, a trap style. Yeah. Um, um, and I guess having like open wheel tires is uh, super sexy, as established in this movie. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I assume it's probably the equivalent of like, like an open shirt on a dude, <laughs> just like yeah, a deep like V collar. The Italian, the Italian car has like a, a super deep V and like a really hairy chest. Yeah, that's that's the equivalent. Yeah, the equivalent of is you know open tire yeah, cover you know caps or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's 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 a James Bond parody going on with mater as you know like a man who knew too little kind of in thing although the, <laughs> the the james bond car is so dumb because mater multiple yeah. times tells him like no i'm not actually the american agent and uh he's just like oh yeah what a great cover you're pretending to be an idiot and you're doing it so well you can't possibly just be an idiot <laughs> Yeah, like, Mater will say something like, oh, yeah, I'm just a tow truck. <laughs> and like, yeah, sure you are. And I, yeah. I sell land. Yeah. I sell real estate. Yeah, yeah, and the Pope-mobile isn't Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do see the Pope-mobile, and he is a Pope car inside of a truck with glass walls. So he doesn't get shot because guns exist yeah. in this world. Yep. Yeah. And they all prayed to Jesus Chrysler, who died for their sins <laughs> on the car equ equivalent of a cross. Uh, you will save your spark plugs. Yeah. Now, what's a good car for the devil? Uh, um, mm. Well, Coupe de Ville. Uh, mm. <laughs> I mean, it's right there. Yeah. Um, I mean that's the that's the Cruella joke. Yeah, yeah, you do just have to have a name <laughs> pun in there because that's that's all you need yeah. in, in Cars World. Um, oh yeah, uh, Brent Mustang Burger. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm sure there were other ones I didn't even see because I was not paying a lot, mm. <laughs> super lot of attention. Um, it's not a good movie. Uh, it's also not like super bad either. Um, yeah, it, it's just Mater cannot support his own movie. He just can't. Um, Liar the Cable Guy is not very good. It, it, it's the <laughs> as kind an of entertainer. It, I mean, you know, uh, it, it's cars. They make it to sell toys. Um, it's the kind of movie that, from like the stakes and the plot and the characters, probably should have just been direct to video. It would be perfectly serviceable direct-to-video movie it doesn't seem like something that you know should have been like a full theatrical production yeah i can i can see what you mean um like you know if, if it had like been to, made straight to video like we wouldn't be talking about it because it's straight to video but also it's like yeah that's fine 
it's like they the cars one is like this downturn story about like a super celebrity finding like small town america yeah. and cars two is about an idiot hick tow truck yeah. becoming uh, a, a super secret agent with a James Bond car. Yeah, I mean, like, the, uh, the most em- emotional arc it has is Mater's whole, like, self-esteem. Is that, you know, like, how he, you know, him, him learning, like, how people see him, and then, really through no action of his own, they, uh, you know, come to a, it, it, it's, well, you know, like, Eight Crazy Nights, and Mater is whitey, and everybody else has to come to accept him. Uh, and realize that they aren't, aren't appreciating yeah. him enough. Yeah, because making a fool out of yourself constantly um, is okay because it's his personality. Yeah. Especially at other people's um, inconvenience. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's a big reason why it doesn't work, that the, the main character is not dynamic, but also not great to begin with so he probably should have yeah. had some kind of character growth but but they're not going to do that because he's the joke character yeah i mean major's whole thing is that he is completely not aware yeah. <laughs> of anything like he's not self-aware at all mm. um and they they do play on that but they don't really go anywhere with it mm. you know like Oh, his his whole like third act crisis is is him, like actually thinking back and like, oh, this is actually really embarrassing. Mm. Uh, but then, like he's he's still just Mater at the end. Like he doesn't actually change. Mm. Yeah, it's it's very, it's not good, but it's it's an okay. Like if I had to watch it with a, a child. Mm. Um, you know, I, like, it would be fine. I could, but, like, I'd rather watch it than Home on the Range again. Mm. <laughs> you know? Like, it's, it's, it's the worst Pixar movie up to this point, but it's not terrible. Yeah, I mean, because aside from the Bond parody stuff, a lot of it's just, like, international jokes. It's like, hey, the, yeah. the bathrooms in Japan are pretty crazy. God. God, that that song, the credit song, is the worst thing I have ever heard. Because mm. <laughs> it's, it's just a like collision of worlds. <laughs> <laughs> here in America, we use the imperial system. It's like here in Britain, it's the metric. <laughs> that's the worst. <laughs> that's the worst British accent. <laughs> <laughs> we use the metric system. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Burger and fries. (laughs) That's that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, It's 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 fucking terrible, and I hate it. Like I don't even hate Brad Paisley, but damn, that was terrible. No, well, you know, it's that progressive uh, 2011. (laughs) uh, You know, acknowledging the difference between British culture and American culture. Oh yeah, because that that was that was what Cars was all about. Yeah. Well, I mean, because this one, you know, aside from the Bond thing, is about like globe trotting. So they're, you know, trying to like bring in other cultures and their cars, but also 
that lends they're, itself they're to a lot of yeah, it's a lot of stereotypes. It's just like all stereotypes all the way down. It, it'd be like if Punch Out yeah. <laughs> had had a real big thing about like teaching you about other cultures, even though that like they're all they're all st- comedic stereotypes. Yeah, and we get to the end and it's just Glass Joe and Little Max singing about the difference between America <laughs> and France. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been better. Mm. It, it would have. Um, uh, so, okay, so that's Cars yeah, 2. It, 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 it only kind of yeah. sucks. Um, the last, the last one is Brave. Well, because there was Winnie the Pooh. I wasn't able to watch along with <laughs> this one because I was busy staying up late watching the Game Awards. Which were lame. Why? Uh, be- because yeah. watching, uh, like, you know, games conferences, there's a lot of nostalgia there for me. Even though, I mean, after this one, I, I don't even know if I'm going to bother. You know, we'll see. Probably by next year, I will have forgotten that I didn't like this one, and I'll watch the next one. But, um, God, this one was bad. Uh, especially, you know, See, it didn't even have, like, the last, you know, the last Summer Games Fest and last year's Game Awards at least had the fun of some asshole storming the stage, and, you know, it's like, hey, this this is the kind of dumb shit from a live presentation that's, like, you know, it's memorable. Sure, it's shitty for the people there, but it's like, hey, I remember... You know, I remember Christopher Judge doing an eight-minute speech when they wanted him to get off the stage. I remember this weirdo running up and saying something about Bill Clinton being his rabbi. Um, like, you know, and then, like, this year's conference was just, this is the one where uh, the presenter, or the people who won awards, if they were even allowed to make a speech, were kind of, like, shuffled off the stage pretty quick, like, to the point that one of them, like, they played music while he was in the middle of speaking to be like, get off the stage. Um, but then, you know, they'll, they'll bring in their celebrity guests to you know, ramble yeah. on about just nothing. Um, yeah. It is 100% marketing and 0% art. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, like... I, because the only current system I have right now is Switch, I was, you know, kind of hoping to see some more nods to Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Not that it really needs it. The game's already been hyped all up and down. Um, but, now, Baldur's Gate 3 and Alan Wake 2 swept the awards. And, I mean, by all accounts, they're really good games. I just don't have hardware that will play them and possibly never will. So, it's like, I, I don't care. Um, so... So that's what I was doing instead of watching Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, I mean Winnie the Pooh is Winnie the Pooh. Like I don't have pretty much anything to say about it, really. Yeah, um, I mean I don't know. Like I grew up watching the original ones, you know, the ones that all got combined together into that one movie that we watched. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the plot is on the 2011 one because I've never seen it. There's not much of one. Um... Are there heffalumps or woozles? No, there is a there is a baxin. Okay, which which is a a, a creature that um, they they think stole uh, or kidnapped Christopher Robin, but that's just because they misread it. Um, he said he would be back soon. Oh, okay. Um, so they they never yeah. even find the baxin. It's just. A misreading. 
Yeah. And then they like they go out to find Christopher Robin, and then he eventually comes back. He he like went to school or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's about it. Okay. Like aside from some of the voices um, being kind of distracting, uh, I don't really have much to say about it. Like it, it's it's Winnie the Pooh. Like if if you're in the mood for it, um, it's good every time. But if you're not in the mood for it, it's just like very like charming childish stuff like mm. like you, you know what it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> um that there, there is that one video i posted um of them doing like a, a who's on first type uh comedy bit with knots mm. where uh they're they're asking piglet if he can tie a knot he's like i'm afraid not mm. <laughs> uh, it's stuff stuff like that yeah. Like there, there's there's some clever stuff in there, but m- most of it is just you know like really chill. Uh, you know what? Animals in the woods are talking. Isn't that cute? Mm. Yeah, it, it's it's good. It's 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 Winnie the Pooh. Mm. Um, and that's all I really have to say. Mm. So on to Marabiba. Mel Biba. If you want to be um, brave, would ya? <laughs> oh, Mel Biba, you can it again. I I feel like I should like Brave more than I do. It, um, it feels but... kind of, you know, like the heart of the story with Merida and her mother is definitely there, but the rest of it just feels kind of disjointed. Yeah. It... it... It actually kind of feels like a worse version of like how to train your dragon, mm. um, you know, except with the uh, like Scots instead of uh, Vikings. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the movie goes to great lengths yeah. to make you know. Yes, this is Scottish. Like it is like Scottish music, <laughs> Scottish dress. It looks like a Ren fair watching the whole thing which you know in some way you know like like the way some of the some of like the costumes like like the mother's costume like feels authentically medieval instead of you know the usual pseudo medieval stuff that they do in like princess yeah. stories like this feels like actually like period costume like a uh, merida's uh like ball uh dress like the the super tight one with like the you no know, like the head wrap thing. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> completely destroys your character design. Yeah. yeah. Um like that's that's an actual thing. Um yeah. they probably weren't that tight, I don't imagine, but um, Well, her hair is super poofy, so you really have to wrap yeah. it in. Super curly and poofy. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, see, I, I like the movie that isn't, uh, Mother Bear. Mm. Um, and like, I don't hate, I don't hate the movie that, the part of the movie that is Mother Bear, but like, I, like, I don't know, something about Scottishmen bickering is just funny. Mm. <laughs> I liked it in Samurai Jack. I kind of like it here. Um, even if it does go, just, just go in circles a lot. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's not great, 
like it, it's one of those it's one of those movies I talked about where it's just like kind, either kind of good or mediocre. Um, it looks great. I'll put it. I'll say that. Mm. Well, yeah, like, that's the thing we mentioned about how like it it the textures are so detailed and like the world design is so detailed and it kind of yeah. clashes with the stylized the, the, shape of like character faces. Yeah. Especially uh uh especially Merida's like big ass anime face. Yeah. Um Yeah. Like I like I like the animation on the mom bear. Like she it's very expressive. Mm. It kind of has to be. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It, it doesn't all come together story wise. Yeah. It's, like it, it has it's got moments that work. Yeah. It it has like the most um, like on the nose uh, metaphor mm. for for their relationship with like the the tapestry being torn like right between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah, I know, because we had, like, the scene where, you know, Merida somewhat accidentally, somewhat intentionally cuts the tapestry right between the two of them, and then the mom throws her beloved bow into the fire, and it's like, they both destroyed something that's very important to the other, and then, you know, that's, like, the impetus for the, the plot. It, it It's yeah. very blunt in uh, setting all that up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then even even at the end, it's like, oh, you have to, you have to mend the rift between you, and <laughs> they somehow come to the conclusion like, oh, I have to fix up the tapestry. Yeah. Just like like, no, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> like you have to come to an emotional conclusion. Yeah. Like what? what? <laughs> what do you think this yeah, is? Yeah, it's like, you know, they, they get in the room and say, we, we both agree, we just gotta stitch up this tapestry and that'll fix it. And then, uh, you know, the, the dad discovers, oh, there's a bear in the room, and he's like, no, that's your mom. No, no, it's not, it's a bear, and, you know, whatever. Chases off the bear, everybody's trying to hunt the bear. And if Merida really believed that stitching up the tapestry would turn her mom back, then why isn't she focused on, you know, stitch up that fucking tapestry right now, and then mom will turn back into a naked woman running through the woods, and then they'll realize it's not a bear. Um, but instead, no, she pulls the tapestry down, grabs the sewing needles, gets on horseback, and starts stitching it up while riding on horseback. She is very skilled with her hands. Like, she has to be to, to stitch while, like, full gallop on a horse. Yeah. Um, also, it it really took the tension out of it at the end uh, when, like, oh, the tapestry is uh, just sitting on the mom bear. Mm. It's like, well, you know she's going to change back because I can't just have her, like, sitting out there naked. Like, of course she's, yeah. she's going to change back and the tapestry is going to, like, cover her naked bits that they don't want to show in a kid's movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, if she, as an adult watching, it really took the tension out of it. Mm. I mean, I mean, of course, there's gonna be a happy yeah, ending. Yeah, you know, but, you know yeah. But but still, it's like, well, of, of course, like I see what they're doing. Um, I mean, it was kind of cool I, how yeah, they it, set up the whole like 
like from the start, you know, they, they talk about like Mordu, the the evil bear who's roaming the woods. Yeah, and uh, and then Merida goes off and finds this witch's cabin, and the witch is like, "Hey, I, yeah, I helped out a prince once. He wanted the strength of ten men, and I gave it to him." And um, and then yeah, that's where she gets the magic cake that she feeds her mom that turns her into a bear because she gave just a very vague like, "I want to change my fate." Uh, and it's like you should be a little more specific than that when you're dealing with the switch. I mean, she's gonna screw you either way, but still, you just like I I want to change my mom and I want to change my fate. And um, yeah, you sure did. You turned your mom into a bear. Um, yeah. Your mom did change, all right. Yeah, but then it, you know it was you know, the way they did like the. They find, like, the remains of the old kingdom where that prince who had made the deal was and realize, oh, he got turned into a bear, too. And that's, you know, strength of ten men. This witch only has one mode. It's turn people into bears. So, yeah, um, yeah the, the, the is the prince that she was uh, talking about. But at this point, he has gone full bear and there's no redemption for him. So he's, he's just a bad bear. Spoiler alert. She would later create Build-A-Bear. <laughs> <laughs> she is the Build-A-Bear workshop. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I wonder if her magic can actually do anything else other than turn people into bears. Well, yeah, I mean, she's she's not around long enough to find out. Also, wait, did... Did her, her brothers get turned back because she made up with her mom? Yeah. Like, why? Yeah, I mean, I get... Because it, it's like the princess and the frog rules. If you lift the curse, the curse is fully lifted. Because they ate from the same cake that transformed the mom. Like, wouldn't they have a separate... Uh, it, it's not important. Yeah, I will... Um, yeah, I mean, because they ate from the same cake. And I guess the condition for lifting the curse from the cake was to make amends with the mom. And there wasn't really anything to do with them they were just you know yeah. beauty and the beast rules uh, you're all swept up in this curse because you live in the same house and yeah if we lift it then you're lifted too um so that's brave it's just kind of good a little good yeah. it's like a six out of ten yeah it, it's <laughs> pixar trying their hand at doing a princess movie yeah it it's weird too because like I, I I like the characters. It's just that none of it really comes together all that well. I don't think. Mm. Um. Okay, so before we stop, do you want to uh, talk about a Christmas Carol? Um, like about like the are we are we watching like ten versions of a Christmas Carol? <laughs> uh, I mean, as much as I want to, we are kind of on a roll with this Disney thing, so that'd be fine either way. Yeah, I, I attempted. Like I still there was one that uh, Wolf. The, the shit, I can't remember the name. Um, the the guy in the media box, the furry, um, Wolf conduit of theories. Had posted a thing about um, a um, it's like the man who invented Christmas, and it's like a oh, Christmas yeah. Carol story, but it's about Charles Dickens writing a Christmas Carol. I started watching that because it was free on Prime, and I got so bored that I shut it off. <laughs> okay, I just felt like yeah, you know, just nice little uh, British 
thing. It's like, yeah, he's got a fan. He's got all these kids, and like, I, I'm bored. I'm bored. Get on with the ghosts. <laughs> then, you know, productions of a Christmas Carol. No, don't fucking drag out the ghosts. Get to the ghosts. That's where the plot is. Yeah. So I, they're they're like a hundred different versions yeah. of a Christmas Carol. Put the film, by the way. Yeah. Um, and like at least three of them are Disney. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I might watch some of them. I I don't know. It depends. I mean, yeah. Because we'll we're watching for next year. Yeah, like we're watching all these Disney movies, and I'm also still trying to get through Doctor Who, and I've got Sandman to get through, and um, multiple video games and stuff. So. Yeah. I. I. There's not a thing I'm looking forward to until Dragon's Dogma 2 mm. uh, in March. Um, because that finally got a release date. And I doubt it's getting pushed back this close. Mm. Um, I mean, they, they didn't release it till like, less than two weeks ago. So, mm. um, if, if if they waited till this close to announce that date, yeah, I doubt it's changing. Yeah. Um, but I, I want to, I really want to play it and that I might be on that game for a good long while. Mm. Okay. So that'll be um, next year's project is, uh, play Dragon's <laughs> Dogma 2 for a year. <laughs> yeah. Play, play through the whole game with every vocation. Mm. Um, cause they, they haven't said how many there will be, but it's at least nine. Mm. So. Um, I hope there's more. Cause it, there was nine in the original, um, and a couple of them played pretty similar. So there's really more like six, six or seven. Mm. So, uh, but yeah, I I think that's about it. Mm, I'm yeah, done. No, we got a full episode. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yep, so next time, more Disney stuff, probably. Yeah, it, at least up to Frozen before I, I watch some Christmas stuff. Um, I want to get to Frozen because that's like the big one. Actually, yeah. It's I'm, like the season finale. Yeah, because I, I think next, well, cause the next Saturday is what, like two days before Christmas? Yeah, that's... I mean, we'll, We'll, you know, we'll still try to record. I don't know. We'll see when we get closer if we have to record earlier or something. Yeah. Yeah, we we might have to. Because um, I, I, I have a birthday on that day, so I, I don't I don't know what we'll be doing. Hmm. Um, but uh, if we have to do Friday afternoon, I guess we could. Okay. I mean, you could leave this in or cut it out. Yeah. <laughs> Either way. But anyway, happy Hanukkah, everyone. Yeah. Uh, I hope you're having some eight crazy nights. Yeah, so until next time, ba-ba-ba-biddy-biddy-bum. Yeah, ba-biddy-biddy-bum. Bum-biddy-bum. Biddy-bum-bum. Yeah. <laughs>
worst way to end a podcast. <laughs>